Man, brutally stabbing your boyfriend can really come back to bite you in the ass. Hello and welcome back to With a Side of Franchise. I am your host, Kyle. And that voice you obviously heard is Cassidy because it is date night. Yes, we saw <laughs> Scream 6 like six days ago. Yeah. It's been a minute. So we just couldn't find the time because we moved, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't find the time to do this, but we finally have some time. So we're going to do our best to get through this. Before we do anything else, I do want to say we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. So if you haven't seen it, don't listen. I won't be offended if you don't. And unless you, you don't care, then go ahead and listen. But we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. I completely plan on doing that. <laughs> uh, so this is your warning now. It's stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled. But um, it was a pretty packed theater when we were there. Yeah, it was busy, but it was also a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it was. It premiered on Thursday night at the theater near us at like seven forty, mm-hmm. and again at nine twenty. Both sold out in minutes because oh, like really? when it wasn't was, it was when it was announced, I <laughs> jumped on and was like, I'm gonna get tickets for that Thursday night. We can just deal with Friday being a little tired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sold out in minutes, and then I was like, Well, we'll go Friday. <laughs> sold out, and then we went Saturday mm-hmm. at like. What would you say? It was like, what, 2? Was it one thirty two? I think it was one thirty. One thirty. And when we got there, I mean, the theater was still packed. Like, it was packed. Yeah. And there was like, pe- we actually had to sit next to people and shit. We're not used to that because usually <laughs> when we go, no one's there. You know what I mean? People were excited, man. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that there were a ton of people there. But it was fun to like be in the theater with all those people because there were moments that like you, la- you-, you wanted to laugh. And then the theater, like actually everyone in the theater did laugh. So it was kind of nice right. to have that experience too. I feel like the world is just, like, super in love with Jenna Ortega right now. So, like, she could do a freaking dog food commercial and everyone would go nuts for it. You're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. She does get... She gets a lot of love right now, which is fine. I love Jenna Ortega. I'm one of those people. But, like, it is, like, do people like these movies or do they just want to come see Wednesday Addams? Right. Because I feel like a lot... Because this broke records for uh, being the highest grossing screen movie in opening weekend. And I'm 100% sure it's because the people who didn't watch the other ones were just like Wednesday Adams. We get a fix of her, so we'll go watch Jen Ortega. Which, you know, she's like, she's a very weird mixture of like being absolutely freaking adorable. Yeah. But also sexy. And it's so it's just like weird because she's like so cute and adorable and like looks kind of like a little, little kid. Yes. But no, she's sexy. Yeah. <laughs> So, were, so it makes you feel a little bit weird. Well, there were just moments where she was definitely like playing it, like playing the cute up. Like she was yeah. being cute, like the younger sister. Mm-hmm. But then she's like trying to hook up with one of the guys and you're like, right. is this legal? Like, can they do that? Right. <laughs> it felt very weird. But I just mean like just in general, like in life, like that is who she is. As, like she is adorable and sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm not, yeah. like a sexy puppy. <laughs> what? Excuse me? A sexy puppy. Okay, I didn't think those two words would be uh, used in the same sentence on this podcast. But uh, we're going to do things a little different today. We're going to tackle the trailer game, as always. You have to listen to us when we say go see it or skip it. I mean, that's just the rules. I don't make them up. Cass does. Um, (laughs) Then we're going to do something a little different where we're going to work through the plot and talk about the things we liked and things we didn't like. And then at the end, I wanted to rank all of the killers. And uh, Cass hasn't seen all these movies, and if she has, it was kind of, like, peripherally. Yeah. So she won't really know, but this is just more for, like... It's more a, a him thing. A me thing. So <laughs> I, I, I would like to do that. And then we are 
And then we are going to get out of here, and that'll be it pretty much. So Wrap it up, yeah. baby. So let's go ahead and dive into the trailer game. I had this secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's going to keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Okay, so in this section, obviously, I'm going to ask Cass uh, about the trailers that we saw and if she feels like she wants to watch it or if she's cool with skipping it. Remember, this is what you have to do. 100%. (laughs) She says that you have to do it. Ready? So the first one we got was Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings. That one's a watch. That's a watch. It's going to be so funny. Any rom-com... Funny, like, coming-of-age movie, I I am in. And if you haven't seen the trailer for it, Jennifer Lawrence is basically, she has her car repoed. And, and she's an Uber driver. She's an Uber driver, so she needs it. So she ends up finding this ad on Craigslist or something where this family is like, we need you to date our son and we'll give you a car. So she goes and, like, dates this guy. And an 18-year-old. And she's an 18-year-old. Like, yeah, she's he's 19. 20s. He's yeah. 19. And she's definitely in her late 20s. And at one point, she is just like, this guy is completely unfuckable and from that moment on you just know it's gonna be like the stupidest funny movie yeah so like the parents pretty much like the kids going away to college at that like end of summer and so they want him to like have a summer like actually like getting out there get out of a show out there because he he's rough he's rough he's rough he's unfuckable (laughs) and so jennifer lawrence's job is pretty much like take him out of his shell fuck him (laughs) yeah literally that's what she says she's like how hard do you want do you mean date or do you mean date and the dad goes we want you to date him and date him hard so it's like <laughs> um the next movie we got was i've never seen a trailer for this until i saw this one uh, but i'd heard it was coming out it's called transformers the rise of the beasts oh i'll watch that i've seen so i like the transformers movies with shia labeouf mm-hmm. i honestly don't think i've seen the ones without shia labeouf same i've only seen the shia labeouf ones but the concept of this one looks really cool i like that the, the transformers the... are like gorillas Animals. and jaguars and shit. Yeah, it's, it looks cool. When the gorilla comes running out of the woods, I was like, oh, it's a gorilla robot. What the fuck is <laughs> happening? And then at one point, the gorilla robot in the trailer transforms into like a normal robot. And I was like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? It's there, gonna be it's so a weird, wild. Weird, weird concept, yeah. but like, cool. Yeah, I'm down. It's different. <laughs> now, this one is one that Cass has seen before, but not on the podcast. It's called Air Courting a Legend. The Michael Jordan story and how they got him to join Nike. Oh, I probably won't watch that one. I'm going to watch it, but I've seen the documentary. So it's like, which I'm not saying like you can't have an inter- in a movie and a documentary, but like yeah. I watched the documentary. So it's like, I know what's going to happen. I mean, I'll check it out just because, you know, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. So you can't yeah. go wrong there, but. I probably won't go to the theaters to see it. I may watch it sometime mm. on whatever streaming service it comes out on, but. Mm-hmm. And That's fair. It's a definitely a skippable movie if, if you're not like... It, yeah. It's also like a very niche thing. Like it's targeting a specific audience. Right. Sneakerheads and, like, and yeah. basketball fans. Yeah. The last movie we got, only four new trailers here. Mm-hmm. Which I think there was like eight or nine trailers that we saw and only four of them were new. Which yeah. makes the movies just drag. Like it makes those trailers drag. <laughs> Castle's like, I'm... why do we have to get here so early if you're tired <laughs> of seeing the trailers? And I'm like, just in case there's one new trailer. 
And so we've seen like a mixture of trailers, but every freaking time we go. Oh, I know what you about to say. We see the trailer for Renfield. I am honestly and at so this over point, that I will not watch the movie <laughs> out of spite. I will not watch the movie out of spite because I am so sick of that trailer. Oh. Like even the first time we saw it, I was like, eh, probably won't yeah, watch it. Yeah. Now I will not watch it. Even it if will it's on be streaming. a point. It will be a point of mine to not watch it yeah. because I've seen that trailer eight times now and I'm sick of it. Yeah. That's that is fair because I was at the theaters yesterday watching Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania and the I literally was like, Oh my god, I've seen all these trailers. I need to just like I need to show up late apparently now because I can't I can't handle these trailers. The last trailer we got and I showed you one specific scene from this movie. So you're yeah. like, I've seen this trailer. But I just showed you that one scene. Um, this was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. So that one actually looks funny. I'm not like a dungeon. <laughs> I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons yeah. girl. To those who are. To each their own. Mm-hmm. But it does look funny. Oh, yeah. So I probably will watch it. Chris Pine's in it. I'm down. I'm already yeah. there. Uh, what's the guy's name from... Bridgerton season one. I think he's in it, isn't he? Oh, Jean is like Jean Paul something. Yeah. Something like that. He's in it. And um, uh, Justice Smith, I think his name is, oh. um, from Detective Pikachu is is, <laughs> is in it. Known to be from Detective Pikachu. You might have seen him in that uh, All the Bright Spots, All the Bright Places. Uh, all the Bright Places, And yeah. um, Apple TV's new movie, Sharper. But I just like, like seeing him in those comedy roles is all I want. I just want him in comedy roles because he's so good at being that like awkward... Yeah. teenaged aged guy <laughs> like he just nails that so that's it for the trailer section so three you had uh three watches and one maybe on there yeah and then definitely skipping renfield which wasn't even on the list but we just we have <laughs> to talk about watch it. renfield let's all boycott <laughs> renfield needs to be banned i i wouldn't say that i wouldn't go that far but i agree with you they've got Everyone to stop boycott it all oh. right Real quick, before I wanted to tell you this. I, I didn't tell you this earlier because I wanted to save it for the podcast. But at Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's these two 10-year-olds. And it was, by the way, a Wednesday at like 1.10. So why aren't you in school, first of all? Second of all, they were unaccompanied. That's fine. But the trailer for Evil Dead came on. Mm-hmm. Their reaction was priceless. Both of them turned and looked to each other. And one of the ones, the one I could see more... Had his hand covering his <laughs> eyes. He was refusing to look. And the one who like wasn't covering his eyes, he looked at one point and it was right as a jump scare was playing. And he jumped back in his seat and I died. I almost like openly belly laughed because I was like, that's awesome. Scare the shit out of these kids. I love it. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and jump into the story now. This is where the spoilers are going to happen. They're going to happen here. So if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now. But if you do, keep listening. do something a little new here where we navigate our way through the plot with cocaine bear we realized we were kind of all over the place which it's cocaine bear that's to be expected (laughs) but we kind of wanted to have a more straight and narrow um delivery for you guys so we're going to go through the plot and Cass and i are going to talk about the things that happen starting with the opening this was one of my favorite openings from any of the screen movies period besides maybe like the the first one and like the fourth one and it's because we get this film professor on a date and she's like waiting for her date to show up. Mm-hmm. And she gets a phone call. And it's from the guy she's supposed to be dating. And he's like, oh, hey, 
um, late. Can you just come I'm outside? Lost, and, yeah. yeah, I'm lost. Can you come out and show me where you are? And, and I'll see if I can find you. So she he lures her down an alleyway. Mind you, she's talking. He's asked her about like scary movies and shit. Classic, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, oh, all these dumb idiots in these movies always get lured out and they get killed. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's like, if you're a film professor, why would you fall for that? Like that easily right and her fi- like the film prof- type of film professor she is is she actually she's in slashers she, she right, literally she teaches, teaches slashers, slashers yeah. and like like the different eras of slasher the like cultural significance like each era has the girl gets yeah. the phone call the final girl like yeah. talks about all like the eras of scary movies so it felt like if you're gonna be a professor maybe you know better right but also it's like <laughs> you don't think it's gonna happen to you because it's a movie right. you know but at the same time i did love it because of what happens next ghostface slaughters this woman mm-hmm. i mean Right out of the bat, dude. The blood and gore was just, like, mm-hmm. on display. They went full tilt into, like, the let's gore this shit up. Loved it. But we see his face immediately. Right. Immediately. I saw. I looked at Kyle because immediately he stabs her, takes off his mask. I'm like, are we, we both really? Were like, I was what? like, are we, really, are we really about to know who Ghostface is this entire movie? Right. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no, we don't. Because, again, this is, like, it takes a hard left turn again because it, like, makes you think this guy's the killer. He goes home. You find out that him and his roommate... Are going to finish Richie's movie. If you don't know who Richie is, he pl- was Sam's boyfriend in Scream Five, mm-hmm. um, just called Scream Twenty Twenty Two, actually. But they're going to finish his movie. That's their goal, and they're going to kill the Carpenter sisters. Right. So him and his roommate have been practicing and like gearing up to kill them, and they're friends with Jenna Ortega, her mm-hmm. character Tara, because they like bump into each other on the way home, and he's yeah. like, she's like, you coming to the party? And he's like, only for sister's going to be there. You know, that. And then he gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. And he's telling his roommate, hey, dude, don't use the fucking voice on me. We agreed never to do that. Yeah. And then, which is kind of dumb that he didn't pick up that this wasn't his roommate, like, right away. Because he knew some personal information, sure. But, like, it was clearly not your roommate. Right. Because why would he do, like, th- why would he play this game with you? You know what I mean? Right. And take it that far. Like, he take it that far. Him, like, stop. Like, come on, dude. Like. Right. At some point, he'd be like, all right, you got me. Yeah, but got he just refused me. to right. give in. And he's like, he, then he was like, I'm going to gut you like a pig or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, dude. Prank's gone too far. So then they play hot and cold. He's like, you got to find me. I'm in the apartment. Which was a fun little way of, like, surprising the audience. Because when he opens, he gets near the refrigerator. The guy on the phone's like, you're burning hot. Open it up. And in the refrigerator are the body parts of his roommate. His head, yeah. his arms, his torso. They're all stuffed in there but cut apart. Yeah. I rem- Which, has I- that ever been in a Scream movie? Like no, a absolutely not. Completely, like, decapitated, no. mutilated. Like- no. That's a Saw-esque scene. Like, yeah. the body was just, like, absolutely torn apart. And I was immediately like, love it. Let's fucking go. Right. I'm, I'm so excited. Because... The screen movies have always been kind of bloody, but this one right out of the right out of the gate is like this is going to be over the top gore. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene later that Cass was a little disgusted by, but I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And I, she gave me a look, and I was like, "Not that this person died, but like how crazy it was." <laughs> um, but this one sets up the gore right away. Eventually, Ghostface makes his presence known, stabs and kills the pretend Ghostface that we all were led to believe is Ghostface, and. The guy's dying. He's like, didn't he say he's like, you didn't ask my favorite movie? And he's like, I don't watch movies. The ghost face says that. And he like kills the guy. So just to kind of um, tell you where the characters are in life, because uh, I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talk running down this movie. We'll be here for two hours. But basically, Sam is going to therapy. She is having a very hard time moving on from what happened in Woodsboro the year prior. I mean, it's only like, what, six months ago they talk about? They're like, it right. happened six months ago. Uh, because they've they've all moved to New York Correct. Now. I should say that. They've, yeah. This this is the first scream to not take place in Wordsboro. It's in right. New York. So she's 
having a hard time. She's going to therapy and she thinks that her sister, Tara, played by Jenna Ortega, is not handling it right. Mm -hmm. But Sam's also concerned about her own safety because she, her own sanity, I should say, because she's worried, being Billy Loomis's daughter, that she has these Mm -hmm. tendencies to kill. And she even says killing Richie felt good. That's why I was scared. And so that's going to come in play later because we come to find out everybody thinks Sam set Richie up, killed Richie so she could look like the final girl because Mm -hmm. she's Billy Loomis's daughter. Tara, on the other hand, is like your helicopter parent. I want to live my life. My favorite line in this whole movie was Jenna Ortega when she goes, I'm not going to let what happened to me for three days define my entire life. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened to Neve Campbell's character, Sydney, in those movies. Mm -hmm. She's very much so like, oh man, this is my life. It's defining me, but I don't want it to. And then uh, like Tara, Jenna Ortega is like, yeah, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. She's like, it was three days of my life. I'm like, I'm just going to move on. And Tara's in college now. Yep. She's partying. And, she just wants to party. Have right. a good time. And um, the characters, Chad and Mindy. Yes, Chad and Mindy. Chad and Mindy. The twins from, from the, the, the fifth, fifth movie. They're also back in it. And they all are going to college together. And like, they're just trying to have a good time. Meanwhile, Sam is having a hard time getting past it, which I get it because she's the one that did the murdering. Right. Right. Um, she's, I guess, working a couple jobs, going to therapy, like staying very hidden but it's because the world hates her yeah like it's literally becomes like she's publicized on the internet in this movie as like everyone hates her they say mm-hmm. that she's the killer they all side with richie yeah richie was a good guy he didn't do anything right they're like he didn't do anything it was obviously billy loomis's daughter that killed everyone and set richie up and so she's literally hated like she walks past people down the street and they Haze her. they threw like a slushy at her at one point because they were right. like we know you did it bitch so i understand why she is having a more difficult time because she is hated by the world. Yeah. Tara. Tara is gets not. away scot free pretty much. Like no one's like, I hate you, Tara. Right. It's all it's all Billy Loomis's daughter's fault. Because they have different dads. Right. Um that's one thing that I really actually liked was its use of the internet in this and like culture yeah. as a whole, because like since the first scream to now, there's been a whole boom in online activity, obviously. Uh-huh. And with Reddit being as popular as it is, it was fun to just kind of get like little glimpse. It doesn't really play into the movie that much, but like just to see how culture has evolved from the first movie mm-hmm. and they like would clearly blame the final girl for being the killer because it looks Literally. too it looks too good on paper right and like whereas like what was happening in the previous movies like it all kind of stayed in woodsboro yeah yeah Here, yeah exactly it's, it's gone worldwide like it's viral yeah like what happened to them is viral now yeah so to speed things up because uh, i really want to talk about things we like things we didn't like <laughs> to speed things up um we find out that a bunch of people start getting killed, you know, and, and every time someone's killed, they are the killer scream. The, the, the ghost face killer is leaving a mask from a past killer. Yeah. So what happens is the roommate is killed. They find a mask there because they because Sam and Tara have a roommate that they found on Craigslist mm-hmm. and uh, she moved in. That girl's ultimately killed. Her father works for the police department. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan is Chad's roommate. And he is sort of like that geeky, like, oh, I'm a virgin. I don't want to die, guys. Like, he keeps yeah, saying that. He's like, I don't want to die, die a virgin. virgin. So those are your characters. Those are your main players right there. You've got your cop. you got Ethan. I can't remember the cop's name, unfortunately. you got Ethan, Chad, Mindy, Sam, and Tara. And those are like the... the, and what the they, roommate. And the roommate, yeah. Um, core four. That's what they call themselves. Because uh, they survived the original killing in Scream. So they call themselves the core four. Chad, Mindy, Tara, yeah. and Sam. Yeah, call yeah they call themselves the core, the core four. four. So, and then they have their new friends. Like, Mindy has a girlfriend. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Mindy has his, has her girlfriend, the roommate, and Ethan. Yeah. What's his name, right? Ethan, right? Or is it Evan? It's Ethan, right? I think it's Ethan. So anyway, 
they all end up getting killed eventually, and they leave a mask at each one of the killings, leading it back to the original killing, which, genius, because my whole brain was moving towards Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard, he has to be yeah. the killer. I kept leading the cast, and I was so excited. I was like, Matthew Lillard's going to be the killer. He's coming back, baby. I know, and I, I felt like you hyped that up so much. Yeah. Oh, I did. I hyped it up so much. But in the end, we discover that after the roommate is killed, and the roommate is killed, and her father, who's a police officer, gets relieved of his duty on the case. So the core four and him decide, hey, and Hayden Panettiere's character, I forgot about her, she is back. Uh, she works for the FBI, and her name's Kirby. And Courtney Cox. Mm. Yeah, Courtney Cox is in this, you're right. But she's she doesn't really do anything. That's something I want to talk about a Gail. little later. Gail Weathers. But, uh, so what happens is, um, they all form a plan. They're going to go to this uh, shrine that someone built for... Ghostface, they get there, a whole bunch of shenanigans go down, and turns out that the killer, there's more than one, obviously, because there's always more than one killer. There's only been one killer in all the Ghostface movies where uh, it was Ghostface um, 3, Scream 3. There's only one one killer. This movie has three. First time there's three. First time there's ever been three. And I was severely disappointed. <laughs> and it's because I, this movie plays up the nostalgia on everyone who's ever seen these movies and is like, it's going to be Stu, it's going to be Stu Mocker because they're working back towards the original Scream killing mm-hmm. by leaving all the masks. And then on top of that, Ghostface is wearing an old destroyed beat up mask that looks like it's right. from the 90s. And they even like, there's like some goose eggs in there with like the TV that's in the shrine. And they're like, no one actually knows if he's actually dead. Right. Like, they even said that. They even said that. They literally point out, because in the shrine, as she's saying, there are a lot of Easter eggs, not goose eggs, but Easter eggs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Easter eggs. And one of them is Stu's, the TV that fell on Stu. They, it's in the shrine. Someone was able to buy it. And um, the TV is obviously destroyed, but they're like, yeah, no one really knows if Stu's actually dead. Would a TV even kill you? And that's when I was like, it has to be him. It fucking has to be. And then the big reveal happens. Yep. Who are the killers? So the killers are Ethan. Ethan. Fucking Ethan. Chad's roommate. Yep. Who is now in the friend group. Quinn, who is Tara and Sam's new roommate that they found on Craigslist. Yep. And Quinn's dad, who we also find out is Ethan's dad, Detective Bailey. Who was the cop that was helping, helping. Yeah, helping quotes. solve this case. But he really um, was leading them to their death the whole time. Right. So yeah, Quinn, Detective Bailey, Ethan. Why are they doing this, Cass? Why did they decide to go on a rampage? Because so, they kept saying the whole movie, they keep talking about, Quinn Quinn keeps bringing up how her older brother died. Yeah. The detective talks about how his oldest son died. Yeah. And then Ethan doesn't really bring anything up because he's not even, his real name isn't even Ethan. Right. He's just going by that name as a fake name. So why are they doing this? While they're doing this because um, they are family, <laughs> Quinn never mentioned her other brother. Other brother. Yep. That didn't die. Yep. And so they're a family, and they had, they did have an older brother, and that older brother's name was Richie. Fucking Richie's family is hunting them down for revenge. It's so stupid, <laughs> so over the top, so over the and top. And they're freaking crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. Like. There, it's not just like it doesn't even seem like just a revenge kill for them. Like most people, like sad, distraught, like out of rage, like I'm gonna murder you. These people like planned it right, out, like crazy. Like then they just look crazy. So Mindy of the core four, Chad's twin sister, is like a horror movie nut. She's like 
you know, we don't trust, we can't trust anybody except for us core four because anyone could be the killer, including Quinn and Ethan. And she's like, Ethan's the killer for sure. Uh-huh. I know it is. And the whole time you're like, no way, no way. And then the subway scene throws you off because there's a scene in the subway where a second ghost face shows up and stabs her. Uh-huh. But Ethan's on the train with her, so it can't be Ethan. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of throws you off. But Mindy does say that she thinks they're the killers. So she actually fucking called it. Yeah. She called it. She called Ethan. I don't think she ever no, she didn't suspected say, yeah. Quinn or she Detective just called Bailey, Ethan. but she she called Ethan. Yeah. She did say like the the she brings up the fact that Hey, we don't know Ethan. He could have rigged the lottery system to get to be a roommate. Right. And then she also points out Quinn before Quinn is killed, which she doesn't actually die. It looks like she's dead. And her dad gets in there before anyone else and swaps the bodies. Yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? Did he literally kill a girl Quinn's age and be like... There, that's my daughter. They would know that that's not his daughter, right? Like that. That's like, what do you call too that? Too hand wavy. Yes, hand wavy. Too hand like hand wavy. They're like, nope. But Mindy calls it right in the first thirty minutes. She's basically or forty minutes, thirty minutes, forty minutes. She's like, hey, you know, lottery systems can be rigged, and we don't know your roommate. She could have just shown up and been like, oh, I'm gonna like. She could have followed you guys and been like, I'm gonna move in with you. They said, and I quote, "That's impossible." We had it. We had it set up under an anonymous. Yeah, it was anonymous. Anonymous um, need for a roommate. Like they didn't know who it was. So how did she find them? They didn't even address that. I don't know. How did she find them? I don't know. But it is funny because Mindy's like, you know, they're like the perfect like possible killers. Like we have the nerd, nerdy virgin yes. boy, and then we have the sex crazy. Yes. And then we teenager. have the, we have the sex. No, she goes. We have we have the slut, and she goes uh, sex positive. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And. <laughs> Um, they're like, it's the perfect diversion for them to be the killers. And then when Mindy is stabbed on the train and Ethan's actually saving her life, mm-hmm. she goes, God damn it. I was wrong. I fucking hate these movies. I was losing <laughs> it. That's probably the best scene in the whole movie. Cause to me in this, in the first, uh, scream, well, scream 2022, I should say Mindy is so grating. Cause she's like horror movie, this horror movie, that, and it's the same uh-huh. with uncle Reggie, their uncle Reggie from scream and scream Two. It was, it was just a lot of meta bullshit. Honestly, this works so well because she's like. God damn it, I fucking hate sequels. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Thought it was so funny. She's like, how do I keep getting this wrong? Like, I was just, that's great. So there you go. That's pretty much it. It's not a sequel. It's a it's, franchise. It's a franchise now. Anyone can be, anyone's off, anyone's, uh, no one's off limits. That shit's so funny. Oh, before we move on, we should actually say how it ends. Uh, those three reveal that they're the killers. Mm-hmm. And Kirby, played by Hayden Panettiere from Scream 4. Sam Carpenter and Tara Carpenter fight back and they end up killing all three of them. And there's a scene where Sam's wearing her father's suit because yeah. the shrine is literally has all of the paraphernalia and weapons used in the crimes. She's wearing her father's suit, has the knife, and she's like holding it over uh, Detective Bailey's head. Uh-huh. And then Jen Ortega walks in and is like looking at her and she's like, uh, Sam's all like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't do this. And then she's like, fuck it. And stabs him straight through the eye. Yeah. And then shoots him and it's like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Gore, gore, gore. I love it. But also she's like battling that urge to kill because she says it feels good. Mm -hmm. Ultimately in the end, they leave and we find out that Sam actually took the original Billy Loomis mask and she's looking at it. And when she looks up, Tara's looking at her and says, come on, let's go. And she drops the mask in the street and walks away. Right. Like that symbolizes like, I'm not my father. I'm ditching the past. I'm not my right. father. I'm moving on. And I also feel like when she stabs Detective Bailey, it's like she's finally realizing she's like... She can be in she's control. Like, right. She's like, I don't kill to kill. I kill out of necessity. These yeah. people are trying to hurt me. I'm yeah. not the same as my father. Correct. Billy was killing because he's a serial killer. You're right. killing because these people keep coming after you. They keep you. trying to fucking kill yeah. you. Yes. 
So now let's get into the things that we we liked and didn't like. First thing I have to say is I went into this. I was convinced. It's on me. I have a very big <laughs> issue with the ending and the reveal because... And I should have known this because the Scream movies are famous for using red herrings. It's never who you think it is. Never, 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 never. Okay? And my mind immediately was like, it's Matthew Lillard. It's Stu Mocker from the original one. I know it is. And I told Cass and I kept... I was giggling. I was like, it's going to be Stu. I can't wait to see him. And then the big reveal happens and I looked at her and I said, this is fucking stupid <laughs> and Cass was like Cass at one point was like shh because she was enjoying it and I'm glad she did and I would have enjoyed it it's a it's a bias I had going in thinking it right. was him and like you said I definitely disappointed myself they didn't disappoint right. me they did everything they were supposed to do like he so overhyped the fact that they were gonna bring back the original because <laughs> we didn't know Stu was dead and they keep saying that over and over again but hey guess what that's what Scream does right so I need to just come out clean and say originally I was really down on this movie's ending because I thought of Stu Mocker. It's not that bad. It does exactly what it's supposed to do and throw you off. And right. it did that. It made me think it was and Stu. I, and I also feel like it hurts your ego a little bit because he prides himself <laughs> on guessing the end of the movie yeah. before the end of the movie. I usually... He's I, like, I can guess the end of the movie in the first 30 minutes of I usually Okay, well, I don't sound like that. I usually <laughs> will look at Cass and I'll be like, this is how this is going to go down. And that's usually what happens in the first 30 minutes. I couldn't figure it out in this movie, so it did bruise my ego a little right. bit. But I like that. I liked that. That doesn't bother me because I like not being able to know. But I was only disappointed because I was so convinced it was going to be Matthew Lillard. You just Lillard. wanted to see Shaggy again. I wanted to see Matthew Lillard. I wanted to see him. He's hunky and he's funny. He's not I, wanted, hunky. I wanted to see him again. But that's just, I have to get that out of the way before we dive into these things. So, yeah. is there anything that you really, really liked? You know, I really like the core four. I think they're the, like they're very funny. The humor that they have in this is funny. Oh my God, the humor is like, the humor is funny. <laughs> the humor is funny. The humor in this is so like geared towards. Gen Z. It's so yeah. sassy and cynical. And like when she's dying, Mindy thinks she's dying. She's stabbed in the gut yeah. and twisted. Like the knife was twisted in there. And she's like, I fucking hate sequels. This is so <laughs> stupid. I hate movies. And like the humor in this is just very much so geared towards that audience. And I can yeah. definitely tell because the people that were laughing when I when we left and the theater lit up, the people behind us were giggling the entire movie. Basically, mm -hmm. they had to have been like 17. Yeah. Like they didn't look a day, like they barely looked like they were 18 and old enough to see this movie. Mm -hmm. But the people around us that weren't laughing, they were clearly our age or older. And so I could tell this this humor was geared towards that age and I fucking loved it. it I relate so well. more with that age. Yeah, no, it worked It worked so well. It worked so well. The humor in this was great. Um, I also loved that we got to see Jenna Ortega with a love interest. Finally, Like yes. steamy. Yes. And Chad, who's Chad is a... I know I didn't, haven't said this, but Chad is also hunky. You really think so? Do you think Chad's hunky? Chad is hunky. Damn, okay. All right. Weird. And so seeing Jenna Ortega first off, like, have a love interest and then have him be like this muscly, big mm. Chad. Yeah. Literally a Giga Chad. That's what they call him. They're like, you're dating a Chad, a Giga Chad. Uh, but Chad is not a, a Chad Chad. No, he's, he's not. like super sweet and nice and like protective of, yeah. the only time of I could all kinda, the girls. The only time I could kind of see... That he was kind of being a bit of a, a douche was when Jenna was trying to hook up with another guy. And they're yeah, like, you gotta go. He, Hold on, let knew. me say this though. Because he was like, let me. They, they go get Chad. And they're like, we need to stop her from hooking up with this guy. And he goes and he's like, hey bud, this is it. You're done. You're not hooking up with her. And she says she wants to. In the end, she says, thank you for not letting me. Right. Okay, awesome. I have no problems with that. But, if, but until that moment, Jenna was like, stop. I want to I wanna go do this, guys. Leave me the fuck alone. Let me be my own person. I don't need to be babysat and watched. So at first I was like, man, fuck this guy. He's like being a cock blocker. But then you realize when she's like, thank you for not letting me make that mistake. I appreciate it. I was just trying to like defy my sister in the moment. 
But yeah, I don't think Chad wasn't like a giga chat or anything, but they did say like you literally have a you're dating a frat bro named Chad at one point, which yeah. was funny. The guy tries to haul Jenna Ortega, Tara, up the stairs. Yeah, he at does at that point, yeah, he does and try to like, drag and, like, her up the stairs. Being you're right. rough, like yeah. grabbing by the arm, and then you realize like or I think Tara realizes like, oh shit. Yeah, that's when Tara was like, Oh fuck, I made a mistake. Yeah. Thank you for protecting me. Which right. was when I was like, Okay, Chad's not that bad. Because it just seemed like he was like, gotta protect her and cock block her because I'm a big brother to her, and it's like let that's her do her not thing. How, that's realize, not how it plays out in the you end. You realize it's not because yeah. he feels like a big brother to her. It's he wants to bang. He, he, he loves her. <laughs> he wants to bang. He loves her. Another thing this movie is excellent at is the blood and the gore. I loved it. So, as we mentioned earlier, the kill, the one kill that was like, oh my God. Gas <laughs> literally was like, she literally went, oh my God, when it happened. And like threw her hand up over her mouth, bro. It was so funny. So it's Mindy's new girlfriend. Yep. Who's already been fucking stabbed oh in the stomach. Oh my God. She was stabbed like twice in the stomach. Like, she was barely alive. Right. She, yeah. I don't think she was going to, you know, I can't say that. She was probably going to survive because people get stabbed 20 fucking times. Dewey was these. stabbed nine times and survived. And so. they survived. So she's stabbed in the stomach. They're trying to escape Ghostface from their apartment. Sam actually has a love interest. Who she's hiding. Who she's hiding that lives in the apartment, like, across from them. So, like, window to window, they can yep. see into their apartment. He lives in a building next to them, and their yeah. windows literally face each other. So, he, yeah. like, connects a ladder to their um, window for them to crawl over. So, they've locked themselves in a bedroom, and Ghostface is trying to get into the bedroom. So, they're like, oh, my God, how do we escape? They're in New York, so they're, like, in the seventh-story apartment. Yep. And the guy across the street is like, I got you, I got you, because he's actually seen, like... He saw Ghostface. He, Ghost he texted them because they wouldn't listen to him because he was like shouting at them, yeah. hey, Ghostface is in your roommate's room. Yeah. And then he texts them a picture of Ghostface trying to stab Quinn, the, the yeah. roommate and ultimate killer in the end. Yeah. So he ha- has gotten a ladder and has fed it through his window to their window. So it's like a, a ladder yep. bridge for them to escape because Ghostface is cr- trying to come through their bedroom and there's no other way out. So they all go across and Mindy's girlfriend... Well, to be fair to Mindy, she tries to get her girlfriend to go right. across first. She's like, you need help. Go across first. But right. Mindy's girlfriend literally says, like, I, you gotta I go. I think she knew she was going to die. Yeah. And she's she like, she, she has a better die. chance. Um, which was very sweet. I'm like, how long have these people date, been dating? Right? Probably because like she's, like, sacrificing herself. Heck, yeah. <laughs> like, a little unrealistic. Um, but, so, she's been... St- yeah, considering <laughs> you would sacrifice me, like, to save the world as we learned on Knock at a Cabin. Um, anyway. But, um, so, she's been stabbed in the stomach. The rest of Sam and Mindy have gotten across the ladder, and it, she's the last one to go. So she, as she's crossing the ladder, she's like maybe a third of the way across, and Ghostface breaks through and is in the bedroom. Yeah. And so you they're like, the they're like you gotta hurry too. up, you gotta hurry up, you gotta hurry up. And she's like, why? What's going on? What's going on? And then she looks behind her, and Ghostface is literally... In the window, yeah. like, feet from her. He, Yeah, I was going to say, he's, like, literally a foot away. If he reached, reached his arm out, he could have right. definitely grabbed her. And so what do you think he does? He starts rocking the ladder. Which was crazy, because I thought, for sure, because he was so close, he was going to stab her in, like, the like right. the, the ankle or something, and, like, just give us this visceral, like, like, not the Achilles, like, don't do that. Right. But he makes this very poignant moment. It's a very, it's a very strong statement. He takes the knife and stabs it as hard yeah. as he can into the windowsill, and then just calmly grabs the ladder. Yeah. And so he starts rocking her and rocking her. And they're like, you gotta hurry up. You just keep coming. Just keep coming. <laughs> she's like, why? And, she's, and then that's when she's finally like, I don't want to die. Like, <sighs> I don't want to die. And she starts like crying and it's very sad. And then Ghostface rocks her off the ladder. Horribly. Horribly. And she falls 
about seven stories and she doesn't just hit the ground. Her head smacks off a dumpster first. <laughs> Crushes, Crushes her Rips face. her face open. And Cass literally went, oh my God. And the audience, like like people in the audience were like gasped. They were like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I It was horrifying. It's a horrifying scene. Yeah. I was not expecting it. And that's why I said, fuck yeah. Because it, came, it, it was disgusting yeah. how her face just like folded when they showed because they showed it her head hitting it and flipping over it backwards horrific and i was like because scream has never done really anything like that it's always like i stabbed you with a knife or i shot you in the head to be killed by dumpster (laughs) like your head smacking off a dumpster holy fuck right she still would have died she still would have died yeah but just like the smack off the metal dumpster first was so unnecessary and then like mindy and sam are literally watching her hit the ground hit the dumpster and like ragdoll yeah yeah I, I have to say, too, that this works so well because when you're thinking she's on the ladder and he's, like, rick- like you know, making it so it's, like, uh, rickety and it's, like, flipping uh-huh. over and stuff, you know she's going to fall. Yeah. So when she hits the ground, you're like, well, you know what's going to happen. It's the dumpster yeah. that you're like, holy fuck, because it's so unnecessary. And they showed a visual of from the top of the ladder. You saw the dumpster, but you didn't think anything of it. Uh-uh. And then when she goes down and she hits it, it just catches you so off guard. Yeah. It's brutal. Favorite scene in the whole movie, I think. So, yeah, that murder is very, very, very gruesome yeah but this movie also like to not just that one murder but all of the blood and like killings in this was were just fucking brutal it was psychotic energy like the way that they were just like they were stabbing like six seven eight nine ten times in like a second they were just like bang, 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 bang. it was like oh my god you know it's crazy too i just realized like you think like the core four like all of their f- new friends are dying she's the only one that actually died yeah yeah you're right you're right because of the core four. So of the people that are murdered, it's like the professor, a couple people at a convenience store that they tried to like seek uh, shelter in, but Ghostface mm-hmm. finds them and kills a bunch of people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn supposedly dies. Right. You spend the whole movie thinking Quinn dies. Right. And then, the and then Mindy girlfriend. gets stabbed. And you think that Chad is killed too at the end because they stab Chad 80 fucking times that... in the chest and face. Okay, so that... Let's talk about that too. Hold on. We'll yeah. get to that in just one second. Let me just finish this point. You're right on that. Um, I just realized that. Now that you said it's a great yeah. point. None of No one really died in this movie. It was a bunch of random people that died. Random it was people, no one that mattered. And she was the only one that died. that died. That's so and sad. And it's so sad because she seemed so, like they were so good of a couple. Like, yeah. Good they loved each other. They loved each other. And I was actually thinking about that. It was like all of these killers, like the killers in this movie are killing all these like Random, random people. fucking people that mean nothing to that like are, Tara and they Sam. They didn't kill Richie. Right, exactly. You're why going after you Tara killing, and Sam. Right, like why are you killing this 18-year-old girl that has her life ahead of right. her? Like, Let her go because you're doing the same right. thing and that they did to she's Richie. She's not even dating Sam or Tara, so it's not like revenge against them. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. I didn't even think of that. You're so right. It's not revenge on them. You're just killing to kill at this point. Right, like, like, what like are you even doing? Mindy, Mindy didn't kill your son. Why wow. are you killing her girlfriend? Right, right. Mindy had nothing to do with it. No. In the end, it was literally, it was Sam that did it. And Tara, too. But, like, you're that's crazy. I never thought of that. The only people that really die are the people, are the two film students, the professor, and those people in the convenience store. Yeah. That's it. No one connected to them in any way except for, oh, obviously Mindy's girlfriend. But no one connected to Sam and Tara. Yeah. Period. Yep. That's wild. Because it's, wow, that's actually, because the, the core four survive again. And then Gil Weathers' new lover. Yeah, Gil Weathers' lover died too. Dies. 
Gail Weathers even call, is, I don't even know if he's a lover or what. Whatever he was. She's obviously going to be in love with Dewey forever and ever and ever. Yeah, and Dewey's dead, unfortunately. Um. So, yeah, she has a new... Beau. Young, foxy beau. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Gail Weathers do. real quick. Uh, she's one of two legacy characters in this. Legacy character, meaning they came in a movie beforehand. Mm-hmm. Gail Weathers, obviously portrayed in all of the Scream movies by Courtney Cox. And Hayden Panettiere is the other one, Kirby. These movies have always relied on the old cast returning. Mm-hmm. Sydney does not return. Uh, Neve Campbell refused to take part because she was not being paid enough, she said. So right. she's not taking part. They do mention her. Um, but Gil Weathers is, Courtney Cox is in this, no joke, for 10 minutes total. And does pretty much nothing. Except serve as yeah, like a, much. I found this shrine to Ghostface. And then she's stabbed. I, and she doesn't even die. Like, spoiler she I'm doesn't even she fucking doesn't die. die, which I'm cool with. But at the same time, if we're going to do this, let's fucking kill the legacy characters. Let's really up the stakes for the core <laughs> audience. Like, the audience has been watching since day one. I When Dewey died, I almost shit my pants because I was like, there's no fucking way. Because Dewey is stabbed, shot, set on fire, whatever. In any of the Scream movies, he's always stabbed and attacked. Mm-hmm. He always survives. They killed him in Scream 2022. So we went into this. And to not have them kill Courtney Cox, I felt like... Why are we here with Gil Weathers at all? You could have done right. this movie without her entirely and it still holds up. Right. Like you wonder if at some point they are going to like... Either they need to they need to kill her or just not have her involved in the next one. Have her them do... Have them do what they did with Neve. Yeah. Oh, Sydney couldn't make it. She took her kids and ran. Cool. Yeah. Same with Gil Weathers. Do it. Yeah, she was very minimally involved and she kept trying to get more involved and Sam and Tara were pretty much like... We're good. Yeah. They kept saying, fuck you. We don't need you. Because she wrote a book on she them. She wrote a book on them. <laughs> and so, yeah, they don't want anything to do with her. Which is fair. But how'd you feel about Kirby coming back? Hidden Penitier from Scream 4. So, I, I, I've seen Scream 4, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't really... you kind of seen it peripherally. Right. And so, really, it wasn't a big deal for me. Okay. It wasn't a big deal for me either. I'm not going to lie to you. Because anyone who's seen those movies, Scream 4... I like Scream 4 way more than most people. Um... But it's such a forgettable Scream movie because yeah. it holds no bearing on the rest of the story until you get to this one. Mm-hmm. This is the movie that makes Scream 4 like a necessity to watch. Because yeah. if you don't, if you haven't seen it, you're not missing much if you watch Scream 3 and then Scream 5. Like you, you even said, you're like, this doesn't mean anything to me. I think I actually prefer Scream 4 to Scream 3. Okay, fair enough. Is Scream 3 the one that they're filming a movie? Yes. Yeah, I don't I love that one because it's it's it understands how meta and stupid it is. That's the only reason <laughs> I like that one. But um, this legacy role with Kirby just did not hit the way I think yeah. they wanted it to for me. And then that part of the movie, they make you doubt and think that she's the killer. Right. Oh, she's crazy. The, the detective Bailey's like, she doesn't even work for the FBI. She's crazy. They fired her months ago. That's not true. He's lying. Right. Then you realize she's actually an, the killer. But like, they, that's what they do. They always set up the red herring. But like... I looked at Cass and I was like, if Kirby is the killer, I'm going to fucking riot. Because there's no reason. There's no right. rhyme or reason there's she no would reason be she the killer. The killer yeah. There's no reason. They were like, his Detective Billy's reasoning was, she hasn't been able to stop thinking about it since the date happened. Dude, everyone who's involved in this hasn't been able to right. stop thinking about it since it's happened. That's not a good excuse to kill people. It's not like a motive. You know what I mean? Right. So I just was like, I hope it's not her. And it wasn't. But I don't think this movie, and this is to sort of go back to like the cast, this movie didn't need the legacy characters, man. Nope. Sam and Tara and them were fucking fantastic on their own. Yep. Didn't need Courtney Cox. Didn't need Kirby. No. They were fine. The core four was great. The core four. They refused to say it, which I love. Core by the way. four. He's the only one. Chad's like, core four. And everyone's like, no, you gotta come up with something <laughs> better. 
Uh, so let's, uh, you mentioned something earlier that I kind of like cut you off and was like, let's talk about it later. So let's go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah. So I would say my, my major problem with <laughs> any of the screen movies, but I specifically like noticed it in this movie is people get stabbed 20 something times and then they come out and they're like not dead. Right. And it's like all of your blood would be on the floor. Right. You would have bled out. You literally gasped when Chad was stabbed because how many times was he stabbed? There were two people holding him. Stabbing, stabbing him. him. And like in every single part of his torso, like you can't tell me he didn't get stabbed in the lungs. The well, whole, like, for sure. Like, so that's just like, and honestly, like. Blood's coming. He's choking on his blood at one point. Literally, blood's coming out of his mouth. You're dying. So I'm actually glad Chad didn't die. Yeah. Because I like, like, if, the, if they me do too. another movie, me like too. seeing more of him. And Mindy Jenna and Chad, Chad, I wanted them to survive this movie. Like, yeah, you, you care like, about the characters. Right. We care about them, which I, you do in other screen movies, but like, I want to see more of. Jenna Ortega or mm. Tara and Chad. Yeah. In the next movie, if that happens. Um, so I am glad they didn't kill him. But if they weren't going to kill him, they shouldn't have stabbed him 25 freaking times. That's what I'm talking about. You literally, when he showed up at the end, like the very end, when he runs in and he's like, hey guys, you know, they, they found blah, 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 blah. He's like, runs in and says whatever. You're like, no. You're he didn't like, run in. He came out on a stretcher. He did? Who ran yeah. in? Oh, Mindy's the one that ran in, didn't she? Someone ran over to their group and was like talking to them at one point. It might have been Mindy. But, so when he's wheeled out on the stretcher, and they're like, oh my god, you're okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to make it. You were like, no. You literally were like, you audibly said no. Your organs are shredded. You've literally been stabbed 20 times. And not shallow stabs. And they were twisting the knives in these movies, too. Right. Not shallow stabs. Like, deep stabs. All of your internal organs are... Ribbons. Are literally in pieces. Yeah. You're not alive. Right. I get it. It's a movie. But it just, I think the it needs the people who survive need to be a little bit more f- realistic. So here's my biggest issue with this movie, barring the ending, which is on me. What's not on me is the amount of hand-waving that is done. Okay? Yeah. I love horror movies. It's my favorite genre. I watch horror movies every chance I get. I can do a substantial amount of hand-waving and suspending my disbelief. Okay? What I refuse to believe... Is that Detective Bailey was able to get into the apartment after his daughter was murdered. Swap. Even if he's the killer. <laughs> even if he was the ghost face in the apartment. Right? Because she's obviously stabbed by ghost face. We see right. ghost face. Even if he is the ghost face in the apartment doing the stabbing. When would he have had time to swap the bodies? How would he? How would nobody there be like, yeah. how did you get here so fast and all this? And you, Did you kill someone else and make it look like your daughter? These people haven't seen a picture of your daughter. I don't buy it for a fucking second. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. That is too ridiculous. Yeah. And then, so back to the stabbing. That's my thing. It's like if we go back and talk about all the people that have been stabbed, were stabbed in this movie and survived that shouldn't have survived. It's everyone. Every single person. Every single fucking person in this movie. Even Tara. Even Tara. Even Tara. You're right. I was trying to think if, if she was stabbed. She was in the stomach. Yeah. And so like Ethan, one of the killers, Tara literally stabs him. Up through the oh, mouth. Oh, that was... Bl- I forgot about that scene. Thank you for saying that. It was Into beautiful. the mouth. Twisted. Into his head. And he co- he comes back. And it's just she, she takes the knife, jams it in, twists it, and then he's like gurgling and then falls back, right? And then he stands then up alive. later and runs at them and they shoot him in the head. No, like, they don't shoot him in the head. They... No, they do. They shoot him. He falls. The TV falls on top of him in an homage to Stu from the, the original. Because remember, the TV falls on him. Yeah. But like... Hey man, you were you're stabbed dead in the head. In the head. You were stabbed into your brain. And then twisted. 
you like are it's not scrambling alive. shit. You're not alive. And then they shoot him in there like you got to shoot him in the head. And it's like you've said that in every screen movie. We get it. And also, I don't mind hand waving a lot of bullshit. I don't mind doing that. Okay. I refuse to believe a man was stabbed in the head and got up and was able to mm-hmm. not just stab in the head, had it twisted. I understand there's a dude that had his prefrontal cortex fucking stabbed or whatever with a pipe back in the 1800s or some shit. This man was stabbed in the head, had it twisted, and fell down and looked you dead. You have some deficits. Like, and you wouldn't be able to get up and run at Run someone. around. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And to know what your prime goal is, which is to kill these people. No right. fucking way you'd even remember you that. Your brain would be fucking scrambled. Second, the body swapping. What the fuck are we talking about? We keep going back and forth. It's killing the me. Thing. The body swapping is killing me. And third, the one that really gets me to is what you said. Chad being stabbed 148 times, basically. And surviving. He's being held in a crucifix position. Two people are stabbing him no less, no less than 40 times. Yeah. Probably a piece at this point. He's bleeding out of his mouth, telling them to run, and he can barely talk, okay? The man's dead, and he's like being wheeled out, and he's like, I'm going to be okay. He's I'm a awake. tough guy. Like, I he's would understand, awake. like, Fuck maybe that. he has, like, a thready pulse, and they're, like, raising him to the hospital. But they roll him out on a stretcher, and he's... Fine. just has an oxygen mask on him. And, and he takes just, that off to talk. Just, he takes it off. talking to them. <laughs> awake. And it's like you've lost all of the blood in your body at this point. You're not awake. And also, Courtney Cox, Gail Weathers gets stabbed in the stomach, in the shoulder, multiple times. She multiple survives. Times. Tara gets stabbed in the stomach, twisted. Yep. And she does, they don't even take her to the hospital. Right. She's just walking around. She just... The end of the movie, they they ride off with Chad in the... Yeah. In the, also Mindy. And Mindy in the... But Mindy's not a patient. She's just riding to the hospital yep. with Chad. It's like, you've been stabbed in the stomach. She was stabbed and twisted. And then twice stabbed and twisted. And it's like, how would you be okay with like two two hours later? How are you okay? Right. And walking around. You'd right. still be in the hospital, bro. Right. So yeah. So that ambulance drives away with Chad and Mindy in the back. And Tara's just bandaged up. Right. Walking down the street. And it's right. like, you were stabbed in your abdomen. Not only you just... can't tell me you don't have some sort of organ damage in there. And you're just... They're just, don't take you to the hospital? And on top of that... Everyone should be in the hospital at the end of this. Exactly. And on top of that, to go, like, not only was she stabbed in the stomach, Cass, she was falling from the ceiling when she was stabbed. (laughs) So the force from her, because remember, she fell from the balcony. Yeah. Stabbed in the stomach. The force from that would be unimaginable. And she's just like, I'm okay. And she gets up and walks away. No. And I understand this is a horror movie. And I understand it is a scream movie. And that is the point. I get that. God damn it, I need some realism. One of the core four had to fucking die. It could have been Chad, it could have been Mindy, I didn't care. It could have been Tara, I don't care. One of them had to die because the Scream movies have always killed everyone around Sydney. Go watch those movies again. Everybody dies in the first one except for Sydney and Reggie. Everybody around Sydney dies in the sequel, including Reggie. Scream 3, everybody fucking dies. If you're around them, you die. This movie wasn't willing to make that sacrifice. Right. It needs one of them to just not be okay. Like, they act like being stabbed in the stomach is, like, not a big deal at all. Right. I don't know if most of you guys probably know this. You have a huge artery in the center (laughs) of your stomach. Your aorta goes down the center of your stomach. So all these people being stabbed in the center of their stomach, they would bleed out in literal seconds. Right, right. Literal seconds. Right. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. Yes, yes, exactly. Which is so funny to me because Cass will like be like, oh, to something in a movie. And it's like, you've literally seen people in real right. life with so much worse. And for those of you that don't know, I'm an operating room nurse. So I've, I've seen seen things. Real serious traumas. Like this. And it's like, 
these people are not surviving. Yeah. It's so unrealistic to me. And I trust me, I am the type of person in a movie, like, I want everyone to live. I don't want anyone to die. <laughs> it's just so true. You're like, don't kill him. I don't want anyone yeah. to die. I am happy Chad's alive. But, like, if you want to keep Chad alive, you can't stab him 40 times in the stomach. Yeah. And look, I understand 50 Cent was shot, like, fucking nine times, okay? I get that. I get people were shot in the head and have survived. That is an anomaly, okay? And these movies happen in the span of six months. Their bodies are still dealing with that trauma right. for sure. And they're just like going through it again. And you're telling right. me there's no downside to that. They're just okay. They get to walk away. No one's concerned for their safety. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. Like I know it's a scary movie. But at the same time, there's no way that the same... Lightning can't strike twice. They literally say that in the movie. Right. I, Mindy says, I'm okay because lightning can't strike twice. Lightning can't strike twice. If you are stabbed in the stomach as many times as Jenna Ortega has been in these in both of these movies, you're dead. I'm sorry. Right. One time, fine. Two times, absolutely not. I'm sorry it's not happening. Right. And like maybe if you were stabbed in the stomach and emergency services were literally there at right. the scene minutes later, maybe you survive. If you're stabbed in the stomach 40-something plus times and like Chad, and I would say that probably took... From the time Chad was stabbed to the time that ambulances actually oh my got God. there, it was probably at least 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, if not longer. You're bleeding out. Yeah. You're bleeding out. Even if it's one stab, you're bleeding out. It was, and it was, it was un- ungodly how many times he was stabbed. It was ridiculous. But was there anything else that you, you wanted to talk about? Good, bad, ugly, anything in there that you, you, you wanted to bring up? I don't think so. Okay. I honestly, I really enjoyed the movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's just the unrealisticness yeah. of the stuff. There's so much to love about this movie. The gore is for real, man. They went full tilt into the horror. They throw you off a bunch with the red herrings, and I, I simply felt for them, and I got upset I felt for them. Uh-huh. And the characters. I care so yeah. much for these characters. You really like you the characters in these movies. You don't need the legacy characters in this movie, period. No. They... they it was a big void to fill, because when you find out Sydney's not going to be in it, mm-hmm. and the only returning characters are fucking Kirby played by Hayden Panettiere <laughs> and Gail Weathers, you're like, wow, okay, so the, it's going to be really reliant on the the core four of the cast. And they knock it out of the park. Yeah. They understood the assignment and they ran with it. I loved it. We're being a little hard. I know we're going hard in the paint on the fucking hand-waving, but that is a major plot point to the movie. Quinn is killed and the dad goes in and is able to swap the bodies. Chad is stabbed 158 times. That number keeps increasing every time I say it. I know. <laughs> but he also survives. I just, it's, it's a little too hand-wavy for me. But at the same time, this is still a good movie. I still right. had so much fun watching this movie. Right. And I would say like being like a series of movies like this, like a franchise of movies and being able after what Gail Weathers, um, Sydney and Dewey are in the first five movies. Yes. So be able to have the sixth movie and be like, we don't even need them anymore. Correct. Is such a huge success because now you're starting this next wave mm-hmm. with Jenna Ortega and... All of those new characters. And you don't even need the other characters. And you Correct. don't miss them. Correct. Like most franchises, you're like, I miss the I miss the old characters. Yep. I want them to come back. Imagine Harry like, Potter without fucking Harry exactly. Potter. Exactly. And That's s- what this is without Sydney. <laughs> exactly. And it works. It and works. it works. You're like, I don't need them anymore. I want to see more of the core yeah. four. And I would say like major success. That's what I'm saying when, when I like, I kind of want to get Weathers to die. Because it just puts the character at peace. It puts the character to rest. It sends her off with... It does suck that she dies, but like it sends her off. Her journey's done. Dewey's done. We don't need them. So when you only have Gil Weathers returning, and then you throw in Kirby, right. it's like, 
you're throwing this in for nostalgia to bait fans of the older movies to come and see to see how big these big and important these characters are. They're not important to the story pretty much whatsoever. Kirby's a red herring, sure. They could have done that with any other character. They could have made a character who's an FBI agent who's been tracking these killings mm-hmm. come and do it. Did I like seeing Hayden Panettiere? Of course. I fucking love Hayden Panettiere. But like, it just was so unnecessary. These characters yeah. stand up. These core four stand up on their own. Mm-hmm. And it is in no small part due to Jenna Ortega and my girl, Melissa Barrera, she is phenomenal as Sam. She doesn't get enough love. Everyone's like, Jenna, 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 Jenna. Yeah. Barrera is just as good, if not better, in this movie than Jenna Ortega. <laughs> Period. Also, back to Gail Weathers dying. I don't want Gail Weathers to die. I don't think I would feel happy with her dying. I mean, she already lost Dewey. We lost Dewey. Yeah. And they her should, new boyfriend. Right. We should do the same thing they did with Sydney. Yes, just have her Sydney's go away. Sydney's happy. Yeah. She's with her family. She's, yeah. She doesn't want to be involved in this anymore. Do they, that with Gail. And they do a good job of mentioning that too because they're right away. They're like, Sydney was in Woodboro. Or she, Sydney was in California or wherever she was. Uh-huh. She took the kids and her husband and they, they fled the country. Fucking awesome. Good for her. Not getting involved. She was just like, putting my foot down, I'm out. Finally. Gail Weathers can do the same. Right. If you don't want... If they didn't kill her... Let her have a happy You ending. know how you said you were like, if they had checked their pulse instead of... of um, Quinn or something, and you're like, if they checked their pulse, they would see it was faint or whatever. Like they, Chad, yeah. Chad, 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 yeah. They do that with Courtney Cox's character, Gail. Mm-hmm. They check her pulse, and they're like, very clearly say, there's a pulse, it's faint, but there's a pulse, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. As if to be like, Gail's not gonna die in this. Right. Fine, whatever. Have her ride off into the sunset, and she mm-hmm. just can't deal with this anymore, she's gotta go home, love it, be done with it. Right. Are there any other thoughts you had? Okay. So, we're gonna move into the grading portion of this so this is where we grade the movie our overall thoughts uh we're gonna grade it out of five and give our mvp do i go first sure okay so i'm gonna give this drum roll please Three and a half ghost faces. Three and a half ghost faces. Okay. Three and a half. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot, actually. Yeah, because that's exactly what I gave it. Really? Yes. We've been on this, which is wild to me. We're never on the same page with movies, I feel like. The last, like, three (laughs) movies, we've given it the same goddamn grade. I feel like I've started trying to watch movies, like, through Kyle's eyes. (laughs) Don't give me the grade you think I'm going to give it, Like, because I'm watching it, I'm like, hmm. Like, I'm... I never used to critique movies. I just used to watch them. I liked it or I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm watching movies and I'm trying to pick out enough stuff to talk about to yeah. do a podcast. And so I feel like that's why our ratings have gotten more similar. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm actually watching a movie to critique it instead yeah. of watching a movie to just watch it. Just don't get too critiquey because I need you to hold me down. So I, I still enjoy movies. <laughs> this whole reason we started this was because Cass was like, you just need to watch movies and like watch movies. <laughs> Which he ha- like I do. I make him watch a lot of movies that like... He would never choose to watch I love on his that. own. Like Stick It. I like would have yeah, never so watched l- that. a couple weeks ago we watched Stick It, which is a movie from my childhood. Not just to mention that I had to pay for this movie, okay? <laughs> so I had to buy, I had to rent this movie on Amazon, and so already I'm like, come on now. And then Cass was like, we got to watch this gymnastics movie. So I was like, God damn it, loved it. Yeah, loved that a movie, movie from my childhood. So much nostalgia, and it was like I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen this movie yeah. in forever. You have to see it. And I was actually shocked he ended up really yeah. liking it, We're too. on the same page a lot recently. I like that. But uh, three and a half ghost faces. MVP, who is it? My MVP is the core four. 
Oh, shocker. She's picking four MVPs, guys. She's really narrowing just, it down. It's just like the way they work together. Yeah. Like, Chad wouldn't be funny without them. Mindy wouldn't be funny without them. Tara wouldn't be funny without them. Sam wouldn't be funny without them. Yeah. Mindy would be me. She would be in, without them. She'd be insufferable. Literally. She's just like talking about movies constantly. And I don't so much, think, too much. I honestly don't think there's one person in this movie that super outshines anyone else. See, I would disagree with that. The core four outshines everything. I think the core four, hands down, outshines a lot of the past performances even. Like, like no joke, this might be my second favorite Scream movie behind only the original. Mm-hmm. Because that core there, like the main characters there, just chef's kiss. Yeah. Perfect. This core four is phenomenal. I love watching them. I could watch them all day. So I get where you're going, yeah. but like... To pick all four of them? Come on now. I know. But hey, I, I, I get what you're saying because they all... MVPs. Because most I... Most valuable players. <laughs> <laughs> but I get where you're going because the core four doesn't work without the core four. Like those yeah. characters bounce each other out so well. Because mm-hmm. like if you just had uh, Sam and Tara, it would just be like these two sisters with the yeah. outside perspective. It's a little boring. And but they're then obviously you, not super funny. Like Chad no, and Mindy funny bring out they're not the funny. humor of the group. Chad and Mindy are funny. Mindy's the meta character who gives us like the rundown of this is a franchise. Mm-hmm. Which that scene, one of my least favorite scenes in the whole movie was her being like, <laughs> it's like, we know, dude. We've seen this movie seven times, six times at this point. But also Chad brings the humor. Mm-hmm. So you need these four to be with each other because mm-hmm. they just complement each other so well. So I get what you're saying. I'm just right. like, it's not MVPs, but I'll let you slide this time. I'm gonna let you slide well, this I time. Because I feel like Tara, if it was just Tara and Sam, like Sam makes Tara heavy. Sam makes yeah. Tara serious. This movie's a lot more heavy, period, without Chad and Mindy. Chad makes Tara have a good time. Yeah. Be her age. Yeah. Like, I loved seeing that. Yeah. Scream wouldn't be as funny without Chad and Mindy, period. Scream, Scream 6, I should say, wouldn't be as funny without them. They are the humor. Um, and that's the thing about these Scream movies is I rewatched all of them the day before we went and watched this. Um, I forgot how much humor is in this. These <laughs> movies are actually genuinely very funny. Mm-hmm. And this one leans into that in a way that is so subtle but necessary. Because if you don't have, if you take Chad and Mindy away, mm-hmm. there's no comedy in this. And it would be a very exactly. bleak movie, which is fine. Those movies have their place. I love those movies. But like a movie like this would, would definitely benefit from having a little bit of comedy, just mm-hmm. a little bit in there to like really cleanse the palate. With that said, I also want to give this three and a half ghost faces. I gave it three and a half the minute we watched it on Letterboxd. There's nothing. My biggest issue is the hand waving. I just can't hand wave some of that shit. And uh, it, like, it just bothered me. Also, I didn't think we needed the legacy characters. It kind of hurt me to even have them there mm-hmm. because we could have spent more time with just the fucking core four without the legacy characters there, which I never thought I'd say I don't want to see Gil Weathers <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> but uh, my MVP is going to go against what you said. Mm. I think there's one person here who's just outshined everybody. I know who you're going to say. And it is Melissa Barrera who plays Sam. Sam. Yeah. She is phenomenal. Every scene she's in, yes, she's heavy. She's got no comedy. Her whole character is very dark, brooding, and sad. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It <laughs> counterbalances so well with the comedy because if you don't have her and it's just Tara, Tara's not serious enough for me to be like, that's the final girl. Yeah. You need Sam. Sam helps Tara be a final girl. Sam is the only reason Tara's a final girl. Tara would be dead if it wasn't for Sam multiple yeah. times over. And well, Sarah, Tara probably wouldn't be in the mess without that. If it wasn't for Sam, because her dad would be, you know. Literally. Yeah, she would be related to someone who's related to Lewis. But uh, I think that Melissa Brera gets no love from, like, mainstream media and, like, culture because Jenna Ortega has, like, taken our world by storm. Mm -hmm. And she's always getting applauded. 
This movie's about Sam, not Jenna Ortega. <laughs> it is. Period. Yeah, it is. Say what you want. This movie's about Sam. And Melissa Barrera is outshined by Jenna Ortega's previous work. Wednesday, right. the original Scream, X. I get that. Melissa Barrera in this is phenomenal. It needs more love. Go into this with an open mind if you're going to go watch it. Because she doesn't get any love and she needs it. She definitely deserves it. Mm-hmm. So with that said... We are going to go into the ranking portion of this where I'm going to rank all of the Ghostface killers. There's only six. So and I'm not going to go too in-depth in with this, but just real quick, I want to rattle those off. So in this section, I'm just going to quickly run down the six movies killers cast mm-hmm. did point out that there's more than six killers there are more than six killers six movies worth of killers and i'm very interested so so cast hasn't watched all of these recently i think you came home and i was watching scream three you caught scream four and then you watched part of scream five with me and i know scream one obviously and you know scream one obviously so scream two might be the only one you don't really know and that's funny because they're dead last for me debbie salt and mickey from scream I don't, 2 i honestly don't know if i've ever seen scream 2 you might not have you might because i've always i've watched i watched these movies at least once or twice a year. You know that. And Cass is always just kind of like around, but she's never like focusing on these movies with me when I'm watching them, which is fine. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you missed two. Yeah. It's also my least favorite, which is very controversial, apparently. People did not like that I said that. Oh. Um, it's not my favorite. It's my least favorite, quite honestly. I could skip it. It relies way too heavily on, I am the sequel. They mention it way too much. Uh-huh. It's so over the top of the meta. Isn't one of the killers in that... One of the original killer's mom or something? Yes. Debbie Salt is Billy Loomis's mother who skipped town because Billy Loomis's dad was fucking Sydney's mom. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. I okay. literally had no so, idea about any of that. So Debbie Salt and Mickey. Mickey's a film student and his just reasoning is so stupid. He's like, I'm going to kill you and then blame it on the stab movie and I'm going to get off scot-free. We've seen that happen so many <laughs> times in culture. It's not like, it's just not necessary. Bad, re- bad motive to kill for Mickey. Debbie Salt's motive... Fair enough. You killed my son and now I have to kill you. Okay, revenge is what we're doing in this mm-hmm. sequel. You know what I mean? Scream 6 is Scream 2. They go to college in Scream 2. They're in college in Scream 6. The killer's related to the last killer. The killer's related to the last oh, killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that their reasoning was just stupid. I just didn't I just didn't buy it. And also Debbie Salt coming out as like his mom. Billy Lewis's mom was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Number 5, it goes hand in hand with Scream 6. Or with Scream 2 is Scream 6. Quinn, Bailey, and Ethan. Their motive is revenge. Again, I'm not like into those revenge killings. I don't really right. care as that is the motive. Um, uh, and also the, the big reveal might have been just because I was a little disappointed. What were you going to say? I also just don't like like you're trying to kill two teenagers and all of their friends, teenage friends. Because they killed your son. How does that make it any better? Right. And also, you better. didn't even come close to killing them. You killed all of the people around them. Which you pointed out to me. I didn't realize that. They didn't even come close to killing Sam and Tara, really. They they stabbed Tara, for sure. But they mostly just took out innocent people who had mm-hmm. nothing to do with... Even in your mind, if you believe that Sam is responsible for killing your innocent son. Even if. Right? Tara Why are you it? killing all these other people? Why not just go kill Sam? Right, Chad, Mindy, Tara—they didn't—they right. didn't kill your son. So their motive was a little weak for me. In fourth place, I have Jill Roberts and Charlie Walker from Scream Four. Mm-hmm. Loved their motive. They were like, 
I'm outshined. Do you know what it's like to be outshined by Joe Roberts is Sydney's uh, cousin. Uh-huh. And she's like, I've had to live in your shadow my whole life. So I'm going to kill you and I'm going to be the final girl. And I'm going to be famous. Love that. Because how many times in real life have we seen serial killers or school shooters or mass shooters do things and then become famous from doing those things where people are like, we don't remember the victims. We remember the killer. Right. That's literally what this is a narrative of. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wanted. And in the end, when she dies, she's happy because she knows that they're going to talk about her. Right. And that's what's fucked up. And I also up. think hers hers is really fucked up because she goes around the house, like, literally stabs herself. Right. Scratches her face. Around. Pulls out her hair. Like, it's commitment. I should have known you liked that scene a lot because you were cleaning and getting ready to... We were packing, really, when, we were, when I was watching these movies. Uh-huh. Um, and you stopped what you were doing and watched that scene because you heard her scream and you were just like in the kitchen and you turned around and you came and sat down and watched that scene where she throws herself against the wall, <laughs> rips her own hair out. Like, it's a very captivating scene and honestly just like brutal because she's doing Girl, it Girl, you herself. deserve to be the final girl. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, in third place, the only scream killer to be a solo killer, Rowan Bridger from Scream 3. Probably my my third favorite Scream movie now, mm-hmm. um, behind Scream and Scream Six. Love it because it's it's a twist. The fact that there's only one killer, crazy. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's Sydney's sister, uh, Sydney's brother, is also fucking crazy. So I really like that twist. Also, I love the movie just because it didn't take itself too seriously and it knew like, hey, this is a super meta take on a super meta already movie. So I thought that killing, I thought he was a good killer. In second place, I have Amber and Richie from Scream 2022. Really? Yeah, I have them as second. Wow. Richie, and this is the in large part, I didn't think this movie had enough red herrings. I will give it that. There wasn't enough times of being like, you're the killer, or this person could be the killer, or why are you holding this mask? It was There wasn't enough of that like in other Scream movies. But I kind of liked that. And also, when I first watched this movie, I was bam-fucking-boozled that Richie <laughs> was the killer. I was befuddled. I had no idea what was happening. When Richie comes out as the killer... Amber was kind of like, I don't really care. Because she's so in love with Jenna. She's like, Uh in love with Tara. I didn't care all that much about her being the killer. This is more about Richie being the killer. Richie was such a crazy good killer. The way he navigated into her life. Mm -hmm. And was able to orchestrate this whole thing. And also while, like, Jack Quaid's performance led me to believe he was definitely not going to be the killer. Mm -hmm. And then in the end he is. I, I was flabbergasted at that. Loved it. And in first place, obviously, this should go to no surprise to anyone. Ever, <laughs> Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker are the best scream killers of all time. They're the best ghost faces. One, because I didn't see it coming when I first saw this movie. I saw this movie for the first time when I was like nine, eight or nine, which I know is probably a little young for people to watch slashers, <laughs> but I was like eight or nine. And I remember crying because I could not believe Billy Loomis and Stu, and Stu Mocker were the two killers. I could not believe it. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And the way, like, their energy when they're killing people is psychotic. And their reasoning is fucking crazy. And it's mostly in the performance that Matthew Lillard puts on where he's, like, talking so crazy. He's spitting. Like, he's just feverish. Uh-huh. It's it's unreal. That whole ending sequence is just chef's kiss. Phenomenal. They're the best Ghostface killers. Let's get out of here. Peace out. Peace out.